On this week's General Admission, we talk some Grammys, See Here Now Festival news, and Linkin Park news. We get into the Storyteller Part 3 and go over our first week of our Album of Day lists. Okay, let's go! Welcome to General Admission. Today is February 9th, and the Grammys happened. Did they? I think so. (laughs) I found out the day after that they happened. I I feel like it should have at least been on our radar. Like, I would like the option to not watch them, but I didn't even know I wasn't watching them. How can you watch anything on Sunday nights with Blast of Us on? True. I also don't have cable, but I'm sure it would have been on like Peacock or, well, I don't know. What channel is the Grammys on? CBS? Do they still uh, have them? Maybe. They did. I don't know if they still do. <laughs> um, I didn't watch. I did look up a billboard three and a half minute video about the takeaways from the Grammys. And I really didn't gain too much from that. Wasn't like Ben Affleck's face was like the big takeaway. <laughs> was there a meme born out of it? Because I, I did. I think so. Yeah. I didn't see that. I heard Beyonce won, but she wasn't there because she was stuck in traffic. Was it Beyonce, in LA? Beyonce is human. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um. Then there was a bunch of one band did like this like devil looking thing and some people got mad about it <laughs> the devil wears prada yeah devil wears prada headlined the grammys it was it was pretty awesome actually just he just played beazelbub oh man i wish <laughs> whatever that show the grammys. Is, sign me up i know dr dre won something don't really know what um i will say all right i need to i need to walk this line carefully here but because it's going to sound very I guess either like boomer of me or I'm not really sure, but is there like any rock at the Grammys? <laughs> like every single There's... performance and everything was all hip hop R and B and like I I enjoy that stuff, so like whatever, but I don't think there was any rock as far was as performances no... go. Was there no rock album up for album of the year? Album of the year. So album of the year was won by Harry Styles, which another gripe with Billboard. They just like showed him receiving the award and they're like, this was a, like, I don't know if they said this was a surprise or what, but they didn't say who he was or even put his name on the screen. Am I supposed to just know? <laughs> they just showed a picture of him and they're like, would you won know, the Grammy? would you know Harry Styles on site? I'm not trying to sound cool here. Like, I don't know Harry Styles. I know he's ridiculously famous. Was he a Jonas Brother? What was the other one? There's Jonas Brothers, and he was in the other one. Hanson. No. (laughs) I said there's three. Um, One Direction? There it is. Yeah, he was in that. All right. Cool. He seemed pretty, like, humble about it, so that, that was cool. He was just like, I didn't expect this. Thanks. You went in a different direction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well played. Yeah. Um. Then there was like a Last Supper 
thing with like Jay-Z and other people. I think Nelly performed, which is pretty cool. Um, That's a throwback. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff. So I think there was some sort of, excuse me, I think there was some sort of like, I think it was the anniversary of something or it was in celebration of like hip hop and R&B maybe. Because there was like a crazy amount of different artists. I probably should have found out this information a little better before starting the show. I tried barely, but I did. Attempted. Attempted. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the winners now. Ozzy won something. And I think he won rock album of the year. I think someone accepted on his behalf. Ozzy's too cool to be there. But they shouted out like Taylor Hawkins and Chad Smith, who I both think were involved on his album. So that was cool. I mean, I don't know that Ozzy needs more awards, but like I'll never complain about Ozzy getting something. He's the man. Didn't he just come out and say he can't tour anymore? Like medically he can't do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down under our news segment on our shared document. Um, Yeah, said he retired from touring. Apparently... In 92, he did a tour called No More Tours. <laughs> and proceeded the tour for 30 more years. Yeah. So, No More Tours. Does, does he have a song called No More Tears? He Was does. That what's going on Great there? Great bass line. Uh, nice. <laughs> did you ever get to see him? No. I didn't either. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll speed through the story because I don't know if I've told it before I, on the show, but... Me and Goldie had tickets fresh out of college. Oh, and I do we were sure. late. Yeah, we were late because I had like a job at a deli that I just started. And for some reason, didn't think to just not care. In hindsight, I should have. We got there late. It was kind of raining all day, but wasn't raining. So we pull up to PNC and he's like, just park over there in the grass. So I drive my shitty Chevy Cobalt through the mud. We get completely stuck. We're already like missed half the show. He's like, just leave your car. Not going to just leave my car. So now we're trying to push it covered head to toe in mud is going on for like 30 minutes. Finally, like I think a state trooper or like I think it was a state trooper, but he was like patrolling by, I guess. And he actually helped us, which was very cool. Um, He got in the car and me and Goldie were pushing. Finally, it comes out. We're covered in mud. We're running through the PNC lot to the gates as Iron Man is playing. And we get to the gates and we're like, we have our tickets. We're here covered head to toe in mud. And she says, show's over. We're not letting anyone else in. And I'm like, but, but they're still playing. We have our tickets. She's like, no, it's over. So we sat outside the gate and we listened to three encore songs. And then we left. <laughs> Instead of Oz, you saw Puddle of Mud. Yeah. Exactly. Or as I like to call it, Sabbath, muddy Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> should have taken the crazy train to the concert. <laughs> we should have. That would have probably saved all our problems. Or I should have just not like sliced meat till seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. That was when he put out that album 13, I think it was called. Were we still in college? No, post? it was our first year out of college, okay. which is an amazing time of life. Because you have zero responsibilities and really nothing to do. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Underrated time. College was great. But that first year or two out, whoo, 
ultimate freedom. Yeah. Yeah. You're working like a dumb job that doesn't actually matter. Got some money in your pocket. But yeah. And plenty no of classes. Plenty of time. We were probably watching the Grammys then because we had nothing better to do. It's true. Yeah. But now just no one cares anymore. No, I really like it doesn't feel like it. Oh, um Turnstile was there and they were dressed really cool. Like I did see that. One dude was in like a sheer crop top tank. The other guy looked like he was like fresh off like the church choir. They were they were all over the place. I don't know if they won anything. I think they had a couple of nominations though, right? That's cool. Good for them. Get some get some guitars in the mix. Yeah. What were they up for? Probably like new artist. Even though like I guess they're not. I don't know what constitutes new. Is it like new to the mainstream? Because they've been around for a few years. I'm guessing it's mainstream, right? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, probably. Um, We have some festivals. That's rock performance. There it is. Nice. They, they didn't did not win, win though. Who no. won? Brandy Carlisle's Broken, Broken Horses. Oh, I like that song. That's cool. There is rock stuff. It just doesn't like make it on the show. <laughs> on the show or to the headlines. But whatever. Damn, how's he cleaned up the you got a best rock album? Best metal performance. And there's one more. Where'd it go? Oldest artist. <laughs> I can't find any more. Or it might just be two. That's I think fine. it's just two. Okay, I can't around. <laughs> Good for him. Um, we got some festival news. We did so, finally some good festival news. Yeah, I. All right, so see here now was announced, and um, anybody who's been listening for a little bit remembers when I went this past September. We've been doing the pod long enough now that things are coming back around, which is, is pretty cool. It is um, pretty cool. And I said that I enjoyed that festival so much. If there was even two artists I was into, it's worth it just because of proximity, um, price, where it is. Well, I guess that's proximity, but like <laughs> where where it is to me and where it is location-wise, like on the beach basically is what I'm trying to say. And just being in Asbury. Because adjacent's on the beach, but I don't want to go to AC. So, <laughs> no, not on Memorial Day weekend. No, no. Um, but yeah, so this festival got announced. Um, Foo Fighters and the Killers are headlining, which everyone was very confident about Foo Fighters, and it came true. So that's pretty cool. Um, let me pull up the lineup. We also Weezer. Weezer, Friends of the pod. yeah, yeah. <laughs> friends of the pod weezer is opening for the foo fighters as far as far as like festivals go so that's pretty great the beach boys who i honestly didn't know were still around i did watch that documentary on brian wilson so around playing music or around on earth i don't know and i don't want to be too depressing but i feel like that would be kind of like a sad like i just feel like there will be no life in their eyes as they play these songs. It's going to be like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy on SpongeBob. 
Yeah, that's a very specific. <laughs> Did they perform a show? I don't. They were remember. on a show earlier in SpongeBob years. I remember who they are, but I don't remember their role. They're um, very old superheroes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with them, but it'll be cool to see them. And that's kind of what. That's kind of where my next point of this was going. Um, you have two types of festivals, which I've kind of talked about this before, but now that it's like in front of our face, I feel like it's worth talking about again. So like you have this See Here Now festival where Foo Fighters and the Killers, like Foo Fighters love Killers will be cool to see, probably no more than half the songs without like having to really think about it. Suppose um, they put in an awesome show. Yeah, like, I just want to see like when you were young on the beach, like that'll be epic. Like I feel like they're a band that's kind of built for this kind of thing. Um, and then the the undercard like Greta Van Fleet. I know they get a lot of shit. They're just like Led Zeppelin ripoff. I still think they'd be cool to see. Not Probably really listen, alive, not listening to them in my free time, but I think they'd be fun to see. Um. Fucking Cheryl Crow, <laughs> like how I random is that? <laughs> right, Royal Blood. Um, Corey Wong, Great show. who's the guitar player for Wolfpack, like really funky. Wolfpack. Well, it's too late now because we already did our our monthly albums, but they have a live at Madison Square Garden album that is a ton of fun. They are just like funky, fun dance band. So he'll be there. Um, this band snack. This band snack time that friend of the pod uh craig dudek mentioned they're like a brass jazz um maybe not aren't they, they're a little jazzy but like a lot of horns a lot of funk a lot of fun oh put that on a, a lot of snacks something a lot of snacks a lot of snacks and is this um, living color the cult of personality living color it is i mean That's i think it pretty, is pretty cool right <laughs> that'll be worth it just to see Cult of Personality. Shout out Rock Band 3. Or Guitar Hero 3. And CM Punk for uh, wrestling fans. Oh, yes. Um, not a wrestling fan, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say. So you have all that. And like a few who I, Weezer, like I would love to see. I've seen. Um, Foo Fighters I've seen. But like random bands that are good that i wouldn't normally listen to i'll get to see or i could go to a jason fest and see blink for the fifth time front bottoms for the tenth time say anything for the fourth time like which don't get me wrong would be a Coheed blast for the first time <laughs> who for the first time coheed no i've seen coheed oh you have i, I saw him at uh um rock on the range like years ago um long time ago jesus um but yeah so like on paper adjacent fest is all bands i love and would love to see and have seen whereas this a couple bands who are headlining who i love and will know all the songs and then others who i can now listen to for the next eight months uh um seven months like see random artists like living color the beach boys cheryl crow like the breeders i'm very excited for 
What a name. <laughs> you know them? You know the song Cannonball? I don't know. I got to hear it. It was a 60 Seconds to Explain the 90s episode. Really? Oh, I got to shout out Rob. I got Kim Minor was one. in Pixies, and then she did her, went on to do her own thing in The Breeders. Ah. And they're really good. They're pretty much like the Pixies. Nice. Then there's also, I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry, but O'Teal and Friends, and he's the bass player for, um, uh, what's it called? I don't know if he was a bass player for the Grateful Dead or just Dead and Company. He was also in the Almond Brothers for a little bit. So like he has a band. So that's like, I think they do Grateful Dead stuff. There's so many like spinoffs of the Grateful Dead. I don't, I don't really know well enough. I haven't really but... explored that territory yet. Yeah. Um, do you know who Revolution and Mount Joy are though? I have no idea who they are. Mount, I don't know Mount Joy. I was told to check them out. Revolution is really cool. Um, they mix like reggae and metal. That I'm is pretty sure. quite the combo. If, if, if they're the band, <laughs> if they're the band I'm thinking of, I might be mixing them up with another one, but they are like a fun, like sublime, like they're like a band you listen to in college, basically, I feel like, but they would be fun, but I think I'll probably miss them. Oh, I am mixing them up. I don't know if they mix reggae and metal. That's another band whose name always escapes me, but they're really cool. Um, I think Revolution is just like reggae, chill, weed smoking, beach music. Um, ah, I can't think of the reggae metal band. It is really cool, though. They have an album, half of it's blue, half of it's orange is all I can ever remember. And it's not Revolution? No, no, my bad. But yeah, Revolution. Especially they're they're reggae rock. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like far off. I just don't think they have the metal half like this other band I'm thinking of. Unfortunately, like I won't see them because I want to get a good spot for Weezer and Foo Fighters. I probably won't even see Mount Joy. Hopefully, it's they're not all. It's not all one stage. Uh, the way it was last year. Um, it was like the top two were the same stage, but then the others were spread out, which is why I missed uh, uh, whoever they are. Not important. <laughs> I always miss them at every festival. So I'm excited. I'm like, believe me, if I could just spend absurd amounts of money on festivals, I'd go to all of them. A part of me is sad I'm not going to a Jason Fest. Yeah, same here. But I just try to remind myself that we've seen all those bands. We will see all those bands. Coheed is doing their own tour. We could go see Coheed. But so, they don't have a jersey date, which I'm... Unless it, they do pop up with a like, pony. That is their jersey date. Like, I don't the know. Stone Pony just slowly announcing their lineup. But it's been very Fish-themed, the summer stage so far. It's like Goose, Trey. Is he with Goose? Or no? no, they're two separate dates. Yeah. Uh. There's a big uh, riff. Slightly stupid. Who I <laughs> oh yeah don't mean to loop in there, but they're also playing there. Another revolution type band, <laughs> college reggae, <laughs> reggae PhD. <sighs> we don't have doctorates. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Tab would be on C here now. Reggae, to be <laughs> reggae CBD. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> I really thought be on this. I really thought Trey's band would be on this. 
based on like what they've been doing and where. But no that would have been cool. But he announced the. Well, we don't know what Fish is doing yet. For the no, summer, so. they're taking their sweet time. I need to like, plan. I can't tell if uh... I can't plan my summer until I know what Fish is doing. <laughs> to plan around them. I keep checking every day, but yeah, uh, we'll get it soon enough. Because I don't know if him playing the summer stage means like the Baker's dozen two is not real, or if that's like I'm gonna get ready to start playing live shows again. <laughs> so I'm gonna have a warm up date in Maryland and New Jersey, and then yeah. go on to the Garden for like three weeks. There's no way to know until until we know. Wise words. <laughs> Wiser words have never been said. Um, what else was going on? Uh, we do have storyteller. We do. We could uh, we could go into that a little bit since we were just talking about Foo Fighters, which we didn't even really talk about Foo Fighters too much. It's pretty rad that they're headlining this. Still I'm no so I- pumped. Still no idea who's going to drum, but that'll just be part of the fun. I know, like, because we said, like, when next time they come around, we have to go after what happened. Yeah. I have a bunch of friends who plan to do single day tickets just to see them. I know a lot of people. Parko's doing that, actually. It's going to be packed. Yes. So we'll have Parko to see Weezer with in person, which will be pretty fun. Oh, my God. In front of the pod, Jake will be there, too. Oh man, that's gonna be a party. That's gonna we're be gonna so, have a crew. Gonna, yeah, we're probably not even gonna hang out. <laughs> but I think we're like the rare ones doing both days. For some reason, everyone wants to just go Sunday. Yeah, I know two or three others. My friend who lives down there is doing both, so that's big. Well, you live pretty close too. Yeah, only twenty minutes, half hour. Oh. That's Uberable. It is. Yeah. Instead of dealing with the chaos that I'm sure is parking on festival day. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be be a mess. Um you wanna go to Storyteller or a new album? Uh let's do Storyteller keep with the Foo Fighters theme. All right. Since I finally got caught up to <laughs> where we're at in the pod. So we just read part three yes time out before you go further though How, yes are you up to part five or did you like finish the whole book no i have not touched part five but you read part four yeah okay i have a question for you at the end then uh maybe i didn't read part four i don't have notes for it i think i read like two chapters and then i stopped because i just i want it to be fresh okay so i have not read part four i take it back so then we'll find out and answer my question together. Yeah. So part, save for the end. part three takes us from post. No, it takes us from Kurt's death through deciding what to do to touring to the first Foo Fighters album to and there's nothing left to lose. Yep. To his daughter, be second daughter being born. Yep. So. Lots of takeaways. Start with the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with the Kurt stuff. Um, that was just like an. I thought it was an excellent chapter on grief. Like overall, but it was also like depressing to read a little bit, knowing he lost his mom and Taylor since that book came out. Yeah, I'm still. I have a friend who swears his he didn't lose his mom. 
and you say he did. So I'm still not I'm still not sold on that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to pull the facts up right now. Uh, I would just, yeah, I would just request a fact check just because I'm very curious and I don't know why I haven't just checked it myself. But the Kurt stuff was sad. I thought he, he did it very well as far she, as... So, she did die in August. Uh, damn. I was hoping... Damn, that's... I wouldn't make that up. Come on now. <laughs> I shouldn't have doubted you. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's a, rough, I cut you off. that's a rough year. I just... I thought he handled it very well as far as not... Like, he didn't even talk about it too much, but he talked about it, like, effectively and efficiently, I guess. Like, he got through everything he wanted to say, and then he just kind of moved on pretty quick as far as the book was concerned and he tied it to like his best friend jimmy who was like all over this book too yeah who also passed later that year or not long after i, I think don't know exactly. 2008 maybe did you say yeah he might have just talked about it in the same chapter so that's why i, mixed, I squished it together the story of the hitchhiker in ireland was unreal. that was a crazy chapter so Dave Grohl, just for our listeners, Dave Grohl goes to Ireland after Kurt's death because he just needs to get away. He like just he's grief stricken. He he doesn't know what to do with his life. And he rents a car. He's just driving through the hills of Ireland to try and clear his head and like get himself together. And he sees a hitchhiker with like long hair, looks like a rocker dude. And he's like, oh, I'm going to pick this guy up. I'll help him out. I think he might have even had a guitar with him. And as he pulls up, the guy is wearing a Kurt Cobain shirt. Like it's just Kurt's face gigantic on the guy's chest. And Dave said he just drove right past him. And he's like, I can't even, I can't even escape this all the way out here. So what is there left to do than to just like go home and like move on basically. And make his music. Yeah. And make the first Foo Fighters album, which was also unreal. That he just tracked everything and like he was practicing that like as a kid, just like using like different cassette recorders. Yeah. Yeah. He he was training his whole life for this. And he he got his friend who like owned a studio. He would just kind of like hop in at the end of the day and like use whatever tape was left or something to that effect. And he decided like, I'm gonna record this album, I'm gonna do it in a week or ten days, whatever it is, a song a day. And gonna knock it out he basically did everything in one take so he says i find that so hard to believe but that's awesome either way um and he wound up doing four songs in the first day so he had more time to like kind of like uh fix stuff up i guess but but he had those written for like years i think so it was probably just all muscle memory at that point yeah yeah i'm sure he did do it in the first take who am i who am i to question dave question Grohl's dave Grohl. seriously what am i thinking i just know my skills which obviously aren't comparable to dave Grohl. but just the thought as soon as you flip a recorder on with a guitar you like forget to play first you look at the recorder <laughs> and then down the guitar and yeah it's just like you instead of just playing and enjoying yourself you're now thinking of this like extra thing and you mess up one note and you want to start over. 
where in reality you could probably just like rip through it and one note off isn't going to like be the end of the world but he does all that and then he gets a call from tom petty asking him to drum for him on like the tonight show or something like that he does oh yeah let's just say that the story of them on snl was crazy for like tom betty where they yelled at the director oh yeah he made the move and it messed up like all the sound yeah he asked he asked dave to move and dave was like i don't really want to but like i guess and tom petty looked at him like no man like don't move like we're we're in charge here so he says like no i I have it set up this way because like his snare was blocking the camera or some shit and then the guy asks tom petty to move his mic stand and tom's like we've been practicing this for days it's gonna fuck it all up if we if we move it and the guy like persisted so he did and the very first song they go into gets this insane mic feedback and they have to stop short (laughs) tom petty says the guy he says you come up here repeat what i just told you (laughs) (laughs) and the guy's like i'm sorry i'll put it back he goes no no no. repeat what i just told you (laughs) the guy goes it's gonna fuck it all up if we move it and he's like, I forget exactly. He's like, yes, now now put it back. <laughs> yeah. And Dave was like, he wasn't being a dick. I mean, it sounds like he was kind of being a dick, but like not yeah. entirely. He was being a rock star. <laughs> he's Tom Petty. Yeah. Was Tom Petty. Yeah. R.I.P. Yep. Yep. But um, Tom Petty goes on to ask Dave if he wants to tour with them. He's like, you'll have your own bus like it'll be very comfortable we do like not a crazy amount of dates you'll make a great living and Dave's like nah like thank you but I I got this cassette of songs I recorded in a week (laughs) I think I want to see that through and that's like that's probably my favorite story of the whole book so far because he he bet on himself and that's that's amazing and it all paid off yeah like people drum people get into music with the goals of making a living and living i mean who knows exactly what their goals are but like if you told a aspiring musician like you could tour with one of the greats make a great living see the country be taken care of like that's something a lot of people would take and dave just wasn't ready to settle down like that yet and he and the foo fighters came from it like yeah. and maybe nothing came from it like on the if if the foo fighters didn't happen like he still would have been able to like rest easy knowing like he tried. I'm sure he would have just kept trying, but like, it's just, it's incredible to me. Like that was like the theme of the chapter was like not settling. Yeah. Not settling. Part three. I mean, yeah. 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 Um, There's, uh, there was a few other things I wrote down. We don't have to stay on this too much longer, but um him trying to buy a house and just being like, I don't know, like 400 acres. Like not yeah, I brought that down to like not knowing how big an acre is. Yeah. Real estate agent was like, uh. So like, well, I found you one with a hundred. He's like, oh, well, I guess I'll look at it since you're on our way. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know oh, shit. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Um, when Paul McCartney just like came by with his wife just to like for dinner or something to hang out. And um, he's like, I was running around hiding all my Beatles memorabilia because you don't realize how much Beatles memorabilia you have 
until a beetle comes to visit, <laughs> which was just so funny. It's true. I would just left it out because I'd be like, "All right, you can see I'm a fan. I'm not gonna <laughs> hide it." I don't know. Paul McCartney goes by. He's like, "Is that John Lennon as a rubber ducky?" Yes, I have a John Lennon rubber ducky. <laughs> I think certain things you might have to put away. <laughs> that one you might have to. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, and then another one. I don't know if it's the last one or not, but there's just so many great stories in this in this section. It's a phenomenal book. Um. He finally like meets up with Taylor, who's drumming for and Alanis Morissette like called the whole thing, which is amazing. But she said she's because every time they would tour at the same places, him and Taylor would just hit it off like two like giggly schoolboy idiots. And she she said to Taylor, she's like, what are you going to do when Dave asks you to drum for him? Are you just going to leave me? And sure enough, like and that's he did. Exactly what happened. <laughs> and they just like drove the country like ripping tequila and beers and they were at some festival where they like um got to meet pantera and they became like i don't know they became friends or not but they were like you got to come out to our strip club in dallas which as dave said of course pantera has their own strip club so they drive across the country to go see pantera well halfway across the country to go see the pantera strip club in dallas and uh somewhere along the way Dave loses his wallet at a gas station. I have a follow-up question for you on this. Okay. Then tell them what happened. They finally get to the Pantera strip club and the bouncer won't let them in because Dave doesn't have his wallet. And they're like, we're friends of the band. He's like, everyone's friends with the band. Can't come in without an ID. And they just straight up didn't get in. They which... tried calling Pantera, but it went unanswered. Yeah, which is ridiculous what's even more ridiculous is 10 years later he's at question he's at like a local surf shop they say he was with his daughter i think he was i think he's looking at sunglasses yeah Yeah. and the cashier is like are you dave grohl and he's like yeah like i am hi she's like did you lose your wallet in like (laughs) alabama or some shit like 10 years ago he's like yeah her parents had his wallet what what are the odds of that that is the most wild thing ever like it helps that he's famous so they recognize him that's what i was gonna ask you like do you think like, they knew who he was and that's why they kept it they they had they to must have, right? have they must have yeah like yeah because even then when he lost it he was famous yeah why didn't they like try and get in touch with him <laughs> you would yeah because like if that, if that was any other person like someone just takes the money hey wait or a something second. and it just never gets returned these people held it and didn't take anything out of it yeah right i'd be like dave just can you just jam with me for like 20 minutes and then i'll yeah. give you your wallet like hold it ransom jansom <laughs> then i'll give you your dime bag daryl pick back <laughs> yeah in then, your wallet then you could go to the strip club <laughs> 10 years later yeah that was that was ridiculous and then the last thing i wrote down was him just wanting to make his daughter's middle name bone break and his wife wouldn't let him to which he said he I, couldn't, I couldn't get it past the goalie <laughs> the way he writes these stories are just so entertaining it really is he has such like a conversational tone but it's it doesn't feel like 
corny or anything. No, like that. it's not like a dry read. No, not at all. It's it's such like it's so easy to just keep going. I also love that he called like what I think is like their most underrated record, like their favorite and like best one they recorded, which is There's Nothing Left to Lose. Like that's one of my favorites too. And it kind of validated that belief that a lot of people have, but that's like one of their best albums. While at the same time kind of crushing color and shape a little bit, like just knowing what <laughs> they had to go through recording. They had to play each song like 30 to 40 times for the producer yeah. to get it right. And like by the end of it, they were so sick of the like those songs and kind of left like a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, but, that's a shame. I mean, yeah. that's a great album. Is that it the is, one I that he, he uh, fired his drummer for? Yeah, right after that. <laughs> or during it. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. he's like... He said it so like off the cuff. He's like, "Yeah, well, I re-recorded all the drum parts, and the other guy quit." I was like, "Well, yeah, no shit, <laughs> no shit." Yeah, and he just like dropped the divorce in there. I'm like, you like, have. When did mentioned... you get married? Yeah, <laughs> that really must have not been a wonderful relationship, considering it. The only part of that relationship that made it into the story was the divorce half. But yeah, like that whole backstory. There's nothing left to lose. Like the whole relaxed, like them just drinking beers and hanging out all day in the house. Like that whole vibe was captured on that album. Yeah. And it's so cool. That's why I'm curious if these next parts get into like where he started to battle like some substance issues and the music started to kind of reflect that a little bit. Oh. Like one by one wasn't the greatest album. Like his caffeine addiction? No, there's there's some stronger <laughs> stuff. Really? <laughs> so I'm curious I, if he gets into it or not. I had no idea. It was like right around one by one, they had to like clean up after that. And then you get in your honor where they start to kind of get their act back together. Huh. That'll be interesting. So yeah, I'm we'll excited. See. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump back in now that we're, we're caught up with each other. Um, Did you see, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but did you see the Lincoln Park news that we touched on last week came out? I- I did. How do you feel about that? Like, do you think it's a little eerie? We'll have a new song with Chester on Friday. No way. I'm so excited. You're pumped. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited too, but a lot of people are saying it feels weird. And I'm like, it. I mean, it's, it's recorded already. It's not like they like. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. His voice. <laughs> I don't think Linkin Park is like so desperate for money that this is a cash grab. Like, I mean, they're obviously going to make some money, but like, whatever, like, that's fine. This is they there's a clip of it that plays on like the Instagram thing they shared. It sounds it was it was I will say it was eerie. Like you use that word. Like I was listening to it and I was like, holy shit, like new look not only a new Lincoln Park song, but from the era that like at least for us and They're a lot prime. of people our age, yeah. Like that is Lincoln Park. And I was listening and like it just felt like normal. And then it like clicked in my head where i'm like chester's not with us anymore I'm like this is him singing it is definitely there's like a a little bit of that like strange aspect but i i think it's really cool and at the album's 20 so it makes us feel like even older too yeah i think the song is called lost, lost. Yeah. yeah yeah which I is wonder... that the only one that's going to be released. No, that's yellow card. Um, <laughs> well played. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, I, 
I haven't heard anything about more. I know a lot of artists will write so many songs. Like they'll write like 50 songs and then 11 make an album. So I, I would bet any amount of money that more exist. It's just, I don't know. I feel like if there were more they wanted to put out, then maybe they would have done it with this release. This is a re- it is a, like a 20th anniversary edition they're putting out, right? Yeah. Did um, I read that right? Yes. I, I was so caught off guard by the song that I didn't really look into what else was coming from this. Like if there were going to be demos or, or anything of that nature. I would love to hear like behind the scenes stuff and like I don't think they would just re-release like Meteora with one extra song. I think they could I drop a bunch of demos on there. Yeah. Like, why not? I don't know. But I'll uh keep an eye out for it in the record store. I don't think it's something I'd buy online, but if I'm at the record store and I see it, there's no way I wouldn't I wouldn't get it. Certain albums are just too important. And that's that one is a classic. Yeah. Oh, but they did reissue Hybrid Theory for when it turned 20. And that had a bunch of unreleased tracks and demos. So maybe they'll do the same thing here. Oh yeah. They I forgot about that. I'm gonna go back and listen to that because it was like eight hours, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like four it's or like five discs long. and stuff. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did listen to all of that because I remember talking to my friends about it, but I think I listened to it once and that was it. There was a version of um, Place for My Head on there that was pretty good. And Points In the of studio Authority, in my December. Ooh, I forgot about that one. That's Minutes to Midnight, I think, is, is pretty underrated. Uh, wait, My December wasn't on that, was it? Was that just yeah, that like was, a that was just a random like LimeWire track, I feel like. Yeah, but they they put it on uh, reanimation. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I still think Minutes to Midnight is underrated. I enjoyed it. I do album. too. It was definitely their first step away from what they were doing, but I thought I I liked that album. Uh, shout out 2004. Great year. I don't know if the that's the Transformer soundtrack. Yeah. Um Minutes to Midnight. That oh six. Oh seven. Oh uh, yeah. Seven. So I mix up Oh that was two thousand seven was uh Transformers. I always mix up 07 and 04 musically because huge crops of albums came out both years. And I was in high school for both those years. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. We're sticking with the jumping around. There's no transitions this episode. So I'm sorry. Did you listen to this Lil Yachty album called Let's Start Here? So I went in the office yesterday and I had it on on the train ride home and I was kind of in and out of sleep with it on. That seems like I did like what I heard. <laughs> it is an album that would kind of put you in and out of sleep. And that's not even to say in a negative way. It's just yeah, a very psychedelic album. So I've never, never listened to Lil Yachty. I don't know anything about him other than he's a rapper and <laughs> Well, I saw the bare I, bones. <laughs> that's I know he's a rapper. There's so many little rappers that I just like, I don't know, whatever. That um, you only know a little bit about? Exactly. Um uh, <laughs> wasn't there a little <laughs> boat too? 
did he used to be a little boat and he evolved? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, wouldn't a little stop, little yacht be a boat? <laughs> True. Now we're just getting redundant. Um, <laughs> my point is that he's a rapper. So when I saw that he put out a psychedelic rock album, I was like, I want to hear this because it's it's someone going outside what they normally do. Seems interesting. And people were like kind of talking it up. And it was it was really good. Like he did a great job on this thing. I liked everything I heard. I can't tell you what track was which yet because I've only listened to it that one time through. It had crazy like the first song especially had crazy Pink Floyd vibes from like Great Gig in the Sky to Breathe. Um, the guitar solo like, in there. Guitar solo. There was like a woman screaming at the end, which like is straight out of Great Gig in the Sky. And I I. Like when we talked to Ben of Armor for Sleep, he's like, yeah, we weren't trying to hide that. Like, it's very obvious. And I think Lil Yachty would say the same thing. Um, I'm glad. So the whole album isn't just like that song, which I'm glad because if so, it, it would just be like too much of a Pink Floyd ripoff. Um, I got like Tame Impala, Tame Impala vibes, some like Childish Gambino, Redbone vibes. Um, it was really cool. I I don't, love his vocals which i saw I seems, to, seems to be like the general consensus from a lot of people they either grow on you or they don't they're like overproduced yeah it's just like a little too scratchy auto i don't know tune? is that is that auto tune i think so it is um right? yeah nicole was very hung up on the overtune uh, auto tune when i played it in the car um it does take away from the music a little bit yeah. Like everything else going on. Cause I tried going back to it and I was listening and I was as good a job as he did. It is a very cool album. And like everything I read, like he had this vision. Cause there's like eight people on every song as far as like writing credits, but they all said like he had this vision. He really like wanted this album to be like it was and, you know, directed it and we all made it happen but I just can't really get past the vocals. So I wound up just listening to a lot of Pink Floyd this week. <laughs> I have them on my list this week. So I'll be listening to animals for the first time on Saturday. Oh, you did, or you will. I will. Oh, so nice. it's a timely recording of this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the songs on this were produced by the guy who did some MGMT stuff, uh, Patrick Wembley. Uh, Mac DeMarco was on a couple songs. Uh, Is yeah. he psychedelic? Um, when he, yeah, sometimes he's kind of just like weird. <laughs> the album he put out this year doesn't even have any vocals. Like, and he's never oh, okay. <laughs> all his albums do have vocals. So like, he just does whatever he wants. One album, he just put his Brooklyn address on it, and he's like, "Come hang out." People would just like come to his place and he would offer them a beer. <laughs> the guy is, he's very interesting, dude. I don't like love his music. I like his music, but um, he's just seems like a cool dude. But yeah, Lil Yachty, uh, good job with this. Um, I don't know that I'm going to go back to it a ton. But I would definitely like recommend listening to it at least once if you're into like psychedelic music like that, because did a good job. 
And I think it's so cool that artists can like just do whatever they want. <laughs> it's like uh, I can't name another rapper that's done something on this level. Like there's obviously been like psychedelic rap before, but like this one just feels like very like they really leaned into the Pink Floyd elements, which some have like dabbled. This one I feel yeah. like you go right in. I would give credit to Childish Gambino because he had With like Redbone. Like camp and uh because is it because the internet or just the internet? You I think, think camp's like it no, like those are just straight oh. up rap albums, but then okay. with like Redbone and um um I forget the actual name of that album. The blue one with like the face on it. The neon blue. Yeah, what the hell was the name of that? Um but yeah, like he was very like bar heavy and then he just went into like more like funk. I mean that album gets psychedelic at times, but yeah, you're right. Not, not like this. Like this just feels like straight up like Pink Floyd Tame and Paul album. With... Awaken my love was childish. Yes. Uh, damn, it's not a hard name to remember. I slept on it. Um, yeah, but it was cool. I I just I like when an artist I know nothing about does something weird. And it's and it's good. And it makes waves. Yeah, yeah. Because like people are really getting on Pitchfork for like only giving it a six. Is that... like you guys are going to come back in ten years and like give this probably like an eight point <laughs> nine or something? Yeah, saying they're I wrong. I don't know. Right? Uh, it's it's the whole rating thing is just like people are going to like what they like and like if yeah. this is something that gets some people into psychedelic music, then cool. I don't know, but he didn't necessarily like do anything new. So if you want to get like technical from that angle, like he didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't want to put this album down because I, I like what it is. But vocals, <laughs> they were tough. They were definitely tough. A little rough, a little rough. But a lot of it just has jams where there aren't vocals. So like it's still enjoyable. But all that to say, look, I'm going to do an actual transition this time. We listened to a lot of other new old albums this week. We did. We're about a week into the exercise. Yeah. We'll call it, right? Album a day. So before we talk about any of these albums, how's how are you enjoying listening to an album a day are you going in with any strategies or is it so it depends so if it's like a heavier album that i can listen to at the gym in the morning i'll put it on there if it's something that's like mellower i'll probably put it on during work or commuting yeah so that's pretty much the two it's the weekend which get a little tough it's like when am i gonna listen to this like am i gonna listen to this like with sandra on my own i'm gonna go yeah. run errands to put it on the car I'm going to put it on when I'm walking the dog. Yep. It's kind of just figuring out what the album is and what kind of setting best fits that. And hopefully you maximize what that album is. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. Cause there's been times where I was just, you know, having a bad day and I put the album on and I'm like not enjoying it, but I'm not, not that enjoying it too. because of anything the album's done wrong. I'm just in a pissy mood. <laughs> yeah. 
And then by uh, the time that you're in a better mood the next day, you're already on to the next album. Yeah. Right. Yep. But and then there's also the element of this happens more on the weekends where I'll listen to three quarters of the album and then finish it later. And I feel like that's not doing the best service to the album as a whole if you're listening to it just in random chunks. But I mean, whatever. It's not that doesn't like completely ruin it, but you definitely takes you out of it a little bit. But there's been a few where I've listened and then went on to listen to more albums from that artist and kind of explore further. I've been doing like, I get like three songs in during the dog walk, another three on the commute, and then finish up at my desk. And that's so, pretty much been the routine? or Yeah, for the most part. Um, Today I had Minor Threat, which was punk rock. So I'm like, I'm going to save this till later because i don't want to listen to just like raw punk rock at, sitting at your se- desk. seven in the morning yeah all right so i I want to ask random questions here to pull out some of what you've listened to what was your easiest listen easiest listen probably bad religion suffer How just 26 it? minutes long Ooh, and i nice. listened to it like five times that day because i was enjoying it that much <laughs> and the songs wow. are so short so that's great where so that's where definitely a band. That, where's that on their discography like in terms of like their life as a band is it earlier it their second album so it came out like 1988 so like nice. before they like were as big and influential as they are now yeah but it definitely made me want to go dive deeper into their stuff which i kind of wanted to do last year but this kind of added yeah. on to like that motivation of me to do that eventually and read their book. Yeah. I listened to Minor Threat today who had um uh Brian Baker who went on to play bass in Bad Religion, I believe. I think it was bass. I think he's a guitarist. He's yeah, guitar because he, he wasn't on this one though. He was bass in Minor Threat and then he switched the guitar. He joined in ninety four. Okay. Yeah, so I learned like Minor Threat was only a band for three years. I don't know if they ever put out like a whole album or if it's just lots of EPs there's like nothing on Spotify I had to listen on YouTube I did not realize how like raw and bare bones this band was um the the songs are good like they like apparently like they really laid the foundation for like punk rock especially straight edge punk rock which they were like all about they had a song called straight edge um it's pretty cool though definitely so many the, people point the to them as like an influence yeah i just cut you off sorry no you're good and then just an interesting fact i learned while looking researching this band was nike repurposed their album cover which is just like a dude sitting down kind of like blurry and they like mm-hmm. use that ep cover for like a bunch of eps just with a different color shading it and nike put out skateboarding shoes and they use that cover put those shoes on the guy and called it major threat and minor threat like sued them straight I was up gonna say, like, they couldn't have been happy about that yeah they're like you have to like stop this and like he like apologized and it was their skateboarding team so i feel like it probably was just like punk fans who were involved with skateboarding like i don't think there was some like corporate monster who was like we should use minor threat but it was like fans of the band yeah but yeah they definitely uh 
put a stop to that real quick. <laughs> so that was your easiest album? Um, well, that was my easiest because it was like nine minutes, apparently. <laughs> like I listened to like a couple EPs just to get it through. Um, I think my easiest was actually Origami Angel, who is like a current we talked about, it. you know them. They're the Gami like Gang, you listen the to the Gami Gang. How good is that album? So good. It was definitely like the most my speed because like this is this is my music. Like I like all music, but this is what I, I really like. But I don't know how. So we've bands we've the last couple bands we've interviewed, Palette Knife and Halogens on their like band camps or whatever. It lists Origami Angel as like or it was on their both on their record label pages instead um, as bands they sound like. And after listening to them, like how can any band say they sound like this band? Because they are that like sporadic with genres and all over the place. Like it like metal jazz, emo noodling. It was, it's everything. It is everything. I wrote down a, Neutrogena Spectre was one song off the album where if you want to hear one song that I think like gives a good idea of what this band is like, check that one out. Cause it's, it starts off feeling like early two thousands, like almost pop punk. Then it gets a little like more yelly. And then by the end, it's just like this insane metal breakdown. And I don't know what I'm listening to anymore. And I love it. And their seat, like the way they sequence it too, like you can't like split that album up. Like every track like bleeds into the next one. And yeah. Then it ends in a way where you can go right back to the beginning. Yeah. And unless I'm have... listening to the unless I'm thinking of their album before that. No, this this was like that because they had like fun clips on it, like uh, a Bob's Burger clip was in there. Like the album starts off almost thinking like it's gonna be like a rap album because it has like this beat going on, and then it like transitions into rock. But it's just, it's a very eclectic album. Like They're a really the fun place. band. All over the place. Uh, all right, all right. Next question for you. Uh, so I don't I don't know who you listen to. So this, it's, One possible, through seven. it's possible this doesn't apply. Um, who is the best storyteller of your first seven, song-wise? It's a toss-up, but I'd probably have to give it to Blind Melon. That uh, Your uncle was so right about that album. Like, holy sh... That's probably my favorite one so far that I listened to. Self-titled? It's incredible. And I feel so bad that all I've known from them for years is no rain, but... Right? <laughs> I, I, I wish I listened to this again just so I could talk to you better about it right now because every time this album comes on, which isn't often. I don't listen to it a lot. I sit there and I go, holy crap. Like, I didn't know this band did yeah. this. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Really good musicians. Like, 55 minutes, too. Like, that's that's long. But it doesn't feel that long Like we're going to listen to yeah. it. Because, like, you can't wait to hear what they're going to do next. Yeah. Or what he's going to talk about next. Uh. But my other... The second part of that, though, like I thought Trey did a really good job on Ghost of the Forest with his songwriting, which I know like Fish's songwriting could be like goofy at times, but like 
Yeah, Trey's definitely more structured, I think. Yeah. And it makes you maybe like it made me really think like the songs uh the friends. Your friend friend and brief time, like are really deep songs about life. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like Trey is really hitting it hitting it heavy here. Yeah. We're bringing about... in the heavy hitters here. There we go. <laughs> about to run is like a killer, like that's a great song too. Good blues one. And then Beneath the Sea of Stars, I just think is like they like to play that live. And when they play it at night and you're outside under stars, it's just, you know, they get is you. Does that always get a full 20 minutes too? Uh yeah, merging is like it, 24 minutes. It's it's pretty it's pretty long. I don't I think it's like probably when I saw it at the gorge, it might have clocked in around like 10 or 15 minutes. I'd have to double check, but and Ruby Waves, of course, which is always yeah. great live. That's a that's much better than the recorded version, though, when they play that live. Yeah, I have that on vinyl. It's like a 40-minute jam or something, and they wound up pressing it. That would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, My Storyteller, I got to give it to Bruce with Tom Petty like being right there. I listened to a Two few storytellers this week. Because Elliot and Smith... Reddit too. Yeah. Wait, what? And Red One too. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you said I listened to a couple of storytellers. I said, and you read one too, because we're oh. reading storyteller. Sorry. I was thinking of the color red. <laughs> <laughs> red one, blue one. I did read one. Um the color Fred. Readings from Asbury was very enjoyable. I think I always kind of like leaned away from Bruce because growing up, it's like all the dads, like when I played baseball, would just be like, you got to listen to Bruce. Bruce is the the, the boss. And like, and you know, if because adults tell you to do to. something too much, like you're just not going to do it. Yeah. But like that Hayden book will really give us like something to deep dive when it comes back. Yeah. When it comes that, out. Anyway. That'll be great. Um, but yeah, like the saxophone, like uh, Clarence. Uh, Clarence is just yeah, the unsung hero of the E Street Band. Yeah, I think even Bruce would would say that too. Yeah, um, R.I.P. But yeah, I think his son um, took over though, right? I I think so. Um, my favorite tracks. I just wrote down a couple. I don't really remember because it's been a week. But Mary Queen of Arkansas was good. Lost in the Flood and For You were all good songs. Um, Tom, Tom Petty, I, I like want to like him more than I do. Like I enjoyed the album, but that zombie zoo song, like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so the biggest knock on him is that he's a singles guy, not a album artist. I would a hundred percent agree just based off of this album. And which one was it again? Full moon fever. So okay. like. This was probably the album I knew the most of without realizing it. Cause most like the first like six or so, I think, are all songs I knew. Um, let me pull it up. Like Free Fall and I Won't Back Down, um, Running Down a Dream. Uh I guess those are the big ones. But he was a little all over the place. Like listening to it, part of me was like, I kind of get why, and he would never, 
never say this and I might be way off here, but I feel like I get why Dave Grohl's like, this is an honor. He's a rock star, but like, I don't want to do this. I want to, I want to rock. <laughs> he he Is just got simplistic drum playing a little bit. And just like even some of the songs, I forget which one it was towards the end. Um, uh, I don't remember exactly. Maybe a mind with a heart. I don't, or I don't know. Um, starts off with like a killer guitar chord. And then it just goes into like this, like cheery, like head bopping. And like, that's probably what he does. So like, whatever, but I just, I don't know. He's such a legend. Like I just, I wanted to like it a little more than I did, but I bet if I went through his whole discography, I pull out like 30 to 40 really good songs. That so like his greatest hits album. Yeah. Which I think it's like what I had growing up. It was like a yeah. two disc greatest hits. Yeah. He's just on a, on a, a pedestal and, uh, I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> it was some, right there. So. Yeah, I really don't have a choice. Uh, some, Yeah, I think some of these artists like. Like, I'm scared to listen to David Bowie because like you you have to like these guys. <laughs> like, that's how it feels to me anyway. And like, you'll what f- if I don't? What if I don't like David Bowie? Like, we have to stop the podcast. You'll find some. Will I be allowed he... to listen to music? I think you I will. will. You're I'm not going to like sure everything. You're I mean, not gonna like everything. Yeah, I already know I like some David Bowie and like fish covers Bowie. Like, I'm just kind of like, don't do it. <laughs> I'm kind of just let <laughs> <laughs> the light bulb go off. <laughs> I'm kind of like like exaggerating a little bit, but I think it's a real thing with like really famous artists who left this huge impression. I think that's why so many people like decide like they hate the Beatles, and maybe they actually do. But I think sometimes you just get told that someone's so good or influential and you get a little like, oh, you yeah, not, way. not for me. Like, yeah. So I don't know. But yeah. Fun week. Fugazi is awesome. Like, really great. I think I listened to that album twice. It was like. I got like almost Bob Dylan vibes at, vibes at times, like just his voice. And then it was like smush in like nirvana and modest mouse and just like crumple it all together yeah yeah was that the one with waiting room yeah that's one yeah. of my favorite fugazi songs yeah that, that, that oh man that was an album where i didn't even like write down songs because it just plays so well like through just like all of it i liked all of it yeah yeah and then last last shout out um Oh, I listened to Spoon. Um, really enjoyed that. I can't believe those guys are from Texas and not like Britain because like they sound like they're from England the way they, I don't know, just their that, music. That is surprising. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're from Austin. What a, what a world. Um, that was a great album. And then they're not from Forks, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Where was where was Campbell's soup invented? Maybe they're from that town. <laughs> um, um, Elliot Smith was also, I, I get the hype. Um, and that, you see why that Weezer EP was nothing like that. Yeah, but I also hear a little like Rivers and like in his voice. I think just like the tone of his voice, nothing like too crazy. A lot of Beatles influence, like 
Oh yeah. Almost feels like like John Lennon reincarnated at times, just like the way his songs are, the way he sings. That last song I sent you, I don't I don't remember the name. Um, I'll have to pull it up. But um holy shit. Like everybody cares, everybody understands. Listen to that. If you don't know anything about this guy or whatever, just listen to that song. Holy God, that song is a masterpiece. That was the best song I listened to of the whole week so far, for sure. Some high praise, but it definitely lives up to it, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that blew me away. Um, but yeah, that that's it. I kind of like rambled a little bit there, but I figured I'd just knock out the last couple I listened to. No, by all means, what this uh, exercise is about. Yeah. But uh, the only couple I didn't get into was, I know I texted you about, like, Cowboys from Hell was epic. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the song I knew, but then, like, the like the art of shredding, heresy, clash with reality, like, those songs I never heard before, and, like, now you hear, yeah. like, why Dave Grohl, like, hyped them up so much from that live performance you saw around this time. That was the big, up to it. They're deep cuts. Like I never knew them too well. And then after that 60 songs episode, I I just listened to like Vulgar Display and Cowboys from Hell. And there, like you said, so many songs in there that weren't Cowboys from Hell or Cemetery Gates. Or Walk. Yeah. So good. Like they they tread hard. They were like <laughs> almost ahead of their time a bit, yeah. it seems. Yeah. Their their music is killer. Cemetery Gates was one of the first songs I heard by them, and just to hear that like melodic intro and the slowness with like that crazy squealing guitar solo, but it's not a heavy solo, but it's loud and and then it kicks in and it bounces back and forth the whole song between that slow part, fast part, and just it's like a more metal November rain. Yeah. Or a metal November rain. Yeah. I think I could I don't really think the original's metal. So <laughs> it still falls under more. How was Gangsta's Paradise? Did you listen to that? That was today? interesting. So like I know like pretty much everyone only knows him for that, but like I found some like really good B sides on this too. And I love when like rappers use samples of like older songs and kind of like tie it into the beat and then like rap over it. So like this album's filled with like James Brown samples and that's on the chameleon by like Herbie Hancock. So like he had this song like Ghetto Highlights, which is really good. Uh Get Up, Get Down. Cruising, I like kinda high, kinda drunk. What's a good one? But like all the like I know like when this album came out, it got a bunch of praise, but I feel like people now only remember him for like the album title track. Yeah. That's but all that there's a lot more to it. Huh. than that so i would definitely recommend checking this one out and nice. then black crows was like that was really entertaining too like uh my tweet review for that one was probably the one i had the most fun writing so far i said listening to this makes you feel like you're partying in a dive rock club somewhere in georgia where the floor is sticky with spilled bud <laughs> heavies the air is filled with smoke and the speakers are turned up to 11 i'm sorry. classic rock and roll <laughs> album that lives up to its height I'm sold. 1990. Wow. I thought they were later 90s. So did I. Like, I feel like I, I know, like, Hard to Handle and, like, She Talks to Angels, but, like, this whole <laughs> out, the, the front to back, this one was good. Nice. 
Nice. Now I'm gonna want to like listen to what you're listening to. I know. Same with listening to yours. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick. Try and pick two to like hit the following week. But you know, we'll see. It's a lot of music. Yeah. So for you, I'd go <laughs> Bad Religion and Black Rose. Okay. If I was to pick for you. Yeah. Since I already heard Blind Melon, although I'm probably gonna wind up re-listening to that anyway. And you heard Cowboys from Hell too. Yeah. Um. For you. Um, I think you've listened to everything that I had in my top seven, so you're good. Maybe not Spoon. Have you listened not to Gaga? Spoon, Ga, Ga, spoon Ga, Ga, Ga. I haven't dived into yet. Listen to Gaga. Ga, 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 Ga. <laughs> you so okay. I don't know how many Gaz are in the title, but there's a few. Yeah. Um. All right. Do we have anything? Oh, Paramore what, are, Friday. What, what are you most excited to listen to? Just pick one. Of your next week of albums, probably based on our conversation today, Animals, Pink Floyd. Although I really am nice. excited for the new Paramore on Friday too. Yeah, that that's that's extra. Um, no, because I I made that a part of my list, so that way I killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. There. So, so I com- swapped the dates by mistake. I have. Paramore tomorrow, but obviously I can't listen to that tomorrow, so I'm gonna put uh, Stevie no. Nicks back up there. No, you gotta email the band and get an advanced copy. I think it's on my list. You guys homework. have to send it to me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I have Stevie Nicks with you this week. Belladonna, right? Yeah, um, that should be a good one. I feel like what... I know all the hits though, so I'm curious what the B sides are. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to Super Chunk. Heard, heard heard a lot about this band. I have them. They end my list. Nice. No Pocky, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd even recognize like their top track or not. So we're going to see. But yeah. So what new... if it's super chunky? I hope so. Extra chunky. They tour with Spoon <laughs> for Campbell's Chunky Soup. And then Pink Floyd could play Animals so you could drink some milk. <laughs> oh, I could have just went Chili Peppers. Well, that's Mother's Milk. That's a little weird. Mutual Milk Hotel. Yeah, there you go. I knew there was something in there. So new Paramore, Friday. On Friday. We also have new Grin and Bear. EP's dropping this week. Friday. I didn't know that. Yeah, very Good. excited. And then Halogen's just announced. Um, I don't know if it's a song or a split with Save Face, that band that sounds like Mike M. That's coming out, I think, tomorrow or I guess it'll be yesterday if you're listening to this on Thursday. At least they're EP, so it won't be like adding on to the list of albums or are listening to. Yeah. Yeah, but excited for Paramore. I like the single, so that'd be good. I hope it's pop punky. Yeah. But I like the poppy stuff too, so I feel like I should hopefully like it, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you everyone for listening we love you and we'll talk to you soon and i hope you're all coming with us to see here now in september it's gonna be a lot of fun see here nodge sorry see here nodge all right until next time peace play it leo
Thank you.